Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. It's not a guarantee of spoilers, but it is just a possibility. So this warns of them. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh, that never got old. Never got old. I say never got old because I'll give you a little behind-the-scenes action, as I like to do from time to time. This, uh, you are no doubt aware if you read the description, is episode 398. So this is the second last time I will be doing this show opening exactly as I have done it just about the first 400 some odd times. I'm switching it up. Things are going to change. They're going to be different. Uh, For the most part, things will be exactly the same. So take that with a grain of pepper. I'm going to push a button and that will get us started, and that will be something that will not change in a post-episode 400 worlds. Yay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Pimp My Death Ride. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Resident Evil Degeneration. Uh, I didn't give a number because I, I don't really know where these movies fit in number-wise. Uh, the, the animated ones, which uh, if you're following along, I am watching all eight I believe it's eight, uh, Resident Evil movies from the first to the most recent, which is called the final chapter, I think. So potentially the last, although you get things that say their final chapter and then it's not something with, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or, uh, Jason, uh, Final Fantasy. Hey, how about, let's use that as an example. Anyways, um, got uh, a little ways into this before it fell into a movie category uh, that I don't really have a term for other than, uh, let's call it movies that I start watching and then some minutes in realize I had seen it already movies. That's one of, that's this one is what it is. Uh, Normally, and this falls into that category, those are movies that are not exactly memorable Hence why that happens, I guess. Uh, this one, no exception. It's, it's okay. It's uh, 
it's probably closer to a Resident Evil video game than it is to a Resident Evil movie. And I don't think you necessarily play Resident Evil games for their storylines. Uh, I mean, they're crazy, and for that reason they're interesting. This story is crazy, and for that reason it has interest. It can develop interest in your brain. Uh, but from a sort of straight movie uh, plot... Uh, well, let, let me see what the MDS says. Um, oh boy. A warrior seeking revenge unleashes a deadly virus in Harvardville. <laughs> Harvardville. Uh, responding to the threat are former Special Forces member Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield, huh? as you may know them from movies and video games, uh, who, t who look to bring down a mutated monster before history repeats itself. See, even that sounds boring, history repeating itself. Uh, so all that is going to give it a rating of two-ish to some cool three moments uh this is a computer generated animation and uh some of the the monsters and baddies and such do look cool so uh give that three maybe some some cool four monsters in it uh okay so moving on to death race 2050 this one's slipped under the radar uh came out in 2017 which is this year never heard of it i think i saw death race was it just called death race i know i've seen a death race movie before uh in fact at least one maybe two uh this has got some interesting things going on uh if you're unfamiliar with a death race what it is uh people driving around um trying to run over pedestrians for sport and a sort of uh, a, a in the future uh, game show where people are killed because seemingly that's going to happen in the future where eventually reality TV will revolve around the murdering of people. I guess but that, that's that's a somewhat common trend. Um, these movies are ridiculous, and I have always enjoyed them. This one include included got malcolm mcdowell in there oh yeah uh and, and just crazy cars and super super bloody gory deaths four points no less uh so i'm gonna give it a four out of five uh because it is what it is uh next moving on to the visit which is a horror film and uh it's been a while this is from the mind of m night Shyamalan, although they don't sort of uh his movies compared to back in the day they don't sort of advertise that fact as much as they used to um i will say and this is both something i can brag about and something i'd rather not because it's disappointed uh within the first 15 20 minutes somewhere in there i uh called what the uh, the, the twist at the end of the movie would be um, so I feel smart for doing that, I suppose, on some levels, uh, but then it also makes when it actually happens disappointing. I always say that I prefer movies that surprise me, and this one did not. Uh, there was some creepy, scary parts, though, uh, and I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm sort of off the horror movie after a series of horrible wake-me-up, uh, not being able to get back to sleep 
for fucking the entire night. Uh, cold, sweat, screaming nightmares. Some of those. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought it was fine and tried watching another horror movie and uh, had another one. So I, I've sort of veered away from them a little bit, as you may have noticed. I don't know if I've spoken of that yet on the podcast, but... Uh, uh, I just don't like some of them. The, it, it's the the paranormal activity, uh, haunted housey ones. Those those are the ones. Like, give me a gory one. Uh, this one, fine. Uh, give me like a Jason or a Freddy or a, 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 a teenagers in the woods one. Anything like that doesn't bug me. It's the the haunted houses, long hallways ones that I do not care for. Which uh, this. Didn't really fall into. There's no haunting. It's just crazy people. So that I can deal with. Uh, the visit. I'll give a, a solid three. Yeah, there was a, there was enjoyment that I had with it. Uh, okay, so the time already went off, which means I should have stopped. But hmm. So maybe I'll just zip through these last two. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, it was good. Uh, I haven't seen a, a good war movie in a while. Uh, I'll just go with three. Yeah, it, it was okay. It was a war movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. If you're unfamiliar with my rating system, threes are usually for enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever really have a desire to watch this again. Maybe I would. Yeah, maybe I would. So maybe it's a four. I don't know. Uh, last but not least, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. <laughs> I feel kind of dumb... Uh, especially the nerdishness of me, not realizing that this was sort of intertwined in the Harry Potter universe. I knew it was J.K. Rowling. I, I just thought it was like a different universe that it took place in, which uh, I suppose is sort of silly that I thought that. Um, I liked it. I liked it very much. What's the what's the main guy's name in this? Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything that I haven't really enjoyed, so... Thanks, Ed, if I can call you Ed, which I assume I cannot. A uh, little on the kid's side, um, but uh, I like the beasts. <laughs> it's something like uh, X-Men or something like this or anything with large groups of weird things. Uh, <laughs> in the case of X-Men, obviously the mutants. In the case of this, the, the titular <laughs> uh, beasts. Uh, I, I don't know. I just like shit like that. Uh, this included. And then, you know, you got your little love story and uh, evil, good, uh, such as that. Things, then, their stuff. Four out of five. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Time Traveling Samurai Wi-Fi Sword Sheaths. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I almost feel like, and if I was any sort of professional, which I am not, I would have looked into this, that I have spoken of this show on the podcast before, which sort of tells me that I've been doing this for a while because I 
don't really like watching the same thing uh, without at least some years in between. Uh, I have a sort of definitive... There may be a few exceptions, but for the most part, if I watch something, it's going to be five years usually before I would consider rewatching it, even depending on how good it is. Now, that being said, this is one of my favorites. Uh, five out of five, six out of five even. I love this show. We're talking Samurai Jack. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to rewatch this, which I believe this would have been a third or fourth watching of this like uh, if i count when it originally aired back in oh when did this air da, 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 da. uh 2000 oh, i would have thought it was uh, earlier than that so uh 2001 to 2004 so that would have been when i first watched it and then i got the dvds one of the very first dvd sets i ever bought was this samurai jack uh so i watched it then and this is either my third or fourth uh, so yeah, somewhere in there. Anyways, the reason I love this show so much, or the reason I decided to rewatch, sorry, as I was saying, uh, is because they're making a, a season five of Samurai Jack. It's sort of in the works right now, uh, due out in March 11th, 2017. Wait, that's now? Huh. Okay, so I should really look into that. Although what I would probably do is uh, get the DVDs, get the get the uh, season five after, and binge watch them because this show is a, a good binge show. Not that any shows aren't really good, but but this would fit into it. Uh, anyways, my love of the show comes from the fact, and if you're unfamiliar with Samurai Jack, uh, this is a classic pity and envy situation. Pity. Because you've never experienced the show Samurai Jack. Envy, because you now have four, soon to be five seasons to experience for yourself. Uh, my love of it comes from the fact that every episode, you know, 22 minutes long, their half hour animated television program feels like a movie. It's so beautiful and they don't rush anything. That That's the amazing thing. Somehow, some way, these twenty-two minute episodes feel like uh, drawn out because they'll focus on uh, literally in in one episode I can remember and maybe more, just like a water droplet dropping, just drip, 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 and we'll we'll focus on that. We'll focus on on Jack walking through the woods, and it'll just be walking, walking, walking walking and these these little things that just seem to drag on for drag on is not a good word to use to seem to fill the space fill the time more than seemingly uh 22 minutes could you know what the show is like a tardis uh, let me finish hold on in that uh it's only 22 minutes long but somehow some way it's bigger on the inside and each episode feels like a full-length movie. Uh, so, the uh, titular Samurai Jack, his name, not actually Jack, that's just what people call him, uh, was flung into the future by the evil Aku, who's just sort of this evil demon-y dude. Uh, so this whole story revolves around him trying to find his way back home so that he can prevent Aku from taking over the... Uh, 
the globe, take, take, taking over the Earth. So he's from, like, I don't know, I guess, like, feudal Japan samurai times. Is that a, is that a thing? Uh, and then flung into the future. I don't, I'm just going to pull a random number out of my head and say the year 3000. Uh, needless to say, if you can't tell from my talk here today, I love this, and I hope you do too. I will be back with season five after I've watched it. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is 100% all natural druid juice. Book banter. Today we have for you the first in a trilogy that I do, I do believe is actually a combination of two trilogies that I'm going to be reading. Um, it's the Moonshade trilogy, which of course takes place in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, this is a book by Douglas Niles, and it is called Dark Walker on Moonshay, and that is M O O N. S-H-A-E, Moonshay. I do believe that would be how you pronounce it. But, as with fantasy names and titles and such, sometimes you just assume. Uh, okay, so, uh, so far I am almost, no, I. you know what, I am into the third book. Uh, I mentioned last episode in my very rickety last episode. You know what, speaking of that, this episode I feel like is coming out okay. Huh. Whereas last one, uh, because I had taken a couple of weeks off, I felt, I guess, a little rusty. Um, anyways, that let me catch up on books. So I'm actually on the third book of the series. Uh, let me read. Uh, so Tristan Kendrick, heir to the High Kings, must organize an alliance of dwarves, halflings, knights, bards, and druids against the evil creatures trying to invade Moonshay. Uh, yeah, that sort of describes the series as a whole, but in this one in particular, uh, the, the baddie comes in the form of this thing. Uh, I don't know what you would call it in sort of D&D lore. Sort of a shapeshifter, demon-y type. It can, it can take on the form of anything, but, uh, and that's sort of what it does. So, uh, the moon shays are a group of islands in the Forgotten Realms. Um, the Forgotten Realms, uh, partly in part created by Ed Greenwood, a man who I have met on a couple of occasions, got his autograph, in fact. Um, very, very uh, strong in the D&D world. In fact, a lot of D&D stuff takes place here. And uh, something I wanted to say of these books, uh, and I don't know... This is maybe maybe I could say this in the form of of a question. Um, as you, if you are a regular listener, if such a thing exists, uh, you'll know that I have started to somewhat recently play D and D Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and I don't know if this is the first. No, I don't think it is. Uh, oh, see, I don't know how to say this. Uh, this is the first book. Uh, taking place in the Forgotten Realms, which is very uh, sort of where D&D comes from, you could say, that I've read since playing D&D. &D. And it's almost like I can see the numbers 
behind what's going on. It's almost like I could see the matrix of uh, books that take place in the Forgotten Realms now that I have played D&D. So things will happen and I'll be like, all right, so uh, he must have rolled this in order to accomplish this goal. Or uh, the, uh, the main character, Tristan, finds a sword, and then I can think of a sword stat that would explain why it does what it does. Uh, it's sort of a fascinating thing that has seemingly happened to my brain since playing D&D, that now when I read a fantasy, particular one taking place in the Forgotten Realms, which is very D&D lore-inspired, or whatever you want to call it, um, that I'm now sort of figuring out the numbers behind what is happening, the the roles and the and the and the lore and the and the stats and things like that. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is a thing. Uh, okay, so uh, he's got uh, the girl by his side, which uh, I, I like a strong woman, which I, I guess she is. Yeah, she's she's strong, independent. There's a little of that damsel in distress, which. Mm, when did this... Oh, okay, it came out in 87, so I guess that can be explained away. Uh, oh, rating. Uh, four. Yeah, go a solid four. Uh, we'll talk about the other one next time. Today's game, Gavin Swanson, sponsor, rather, is Saul Bugman, attorney at Bugla. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I uh, got a little different today. Uh, I believe I spoke of, uh, in fact, I know I have from time to time spoken of uh, Daniel Dwyer and his leaving GameSpot and striking it on his own to uh, create videos for uh, the interwebs on the YouTubes um, under the name No Clip. Uh, in fact, yeah, I think I've spoken of all of his videos because they're about once a month and they really strike home with me. So that's what the internet intercourse is all about. Uh, this one was called uh, Rediscovering Mystery. And part of it that sort of spun off into its own video was about a, a video game called Frog Fractions. Uh, the reason I am throwing this into a game gabin and not an internet intercourse is for the reason that, because of this video, I went out and played the game for myself. Uh, you can't do so as well. Just Google Frog Fractions. Uh, it's a flash game. It's free. Uh, you will have an interesting time of it. Uh, it'll take you, you know, uh, I don't know if it took me an hour. Like, it wasn't an incredibly long game. But it was an interesting one. Um, even after watching the video, there's a thing at the beginning that said, if you haven't played this game, go play it first before watching the video. I do what I want, so did not do that. And I didn't feel it ruined the experience at all. Um... So it starts off, you're a frog on a lily pad, and flies are flying around, and you're you're sticking your tongue out, grabbing them, and then there's fractions for some reason that mean nothing. Um, but throughout the course of the game, uh, <laughs> it's so hard to explain this game. You, you do so many things. It's almost... Uh, like there'll be a time where you're in like a dance dance revolution style game as a frog 
<laughs> that part was fucking hard. I, I don't think you were meant to complete it. I hope. Uh, there'll be a time where you're in a courtroom as a sort of, uh, what's that attorney game? Uh, Harvey Attorney Birdman? No, I don't remember. Uh, you'll be flying through space. You'll be riding on the back of a dragon. Uh, there's a text adventure game, which is, uh, I have heard of those. And seemingly someone of my age who had computers and such back in the 80s should have played them. But somehow I never did. So this was sort of my... I do believe my first text adventure game was in Frog Fractions, and it was pretty fun. Uh, you were on a spaceship and had to uh, get it home and then figure out how to go to sleep. Uh, defies explanation, a lot of this game. There's some side-scrolling, uh, shoot-em-ups... <sighs> Anyways, just what I wanted to say of uh, Frog Fractions and rediscovering mystery and crazy games in general is um, I wish there was more of that. As much as I just enjoyed uh, Doom, which I think will be in the next episode, um, it's nice to swing both ways. <laughs> uh, and by that I don't mean what you're thinking. Well, I'm sure that's fine as well. Uh, but, uh, I mean, games that are sort of tried and true, following a formula that's been done before and do it well, and then things like this. Uh, people who I, I sort of don't understand at all are the Call of Duty players. Uh, I've played Call of Duty, I've enjoyed it, but if that's the only game you ever play, you have no idea what you are missing out on in the world of Vidya games because that is just a tip and a small tip of an enormous iceberg that you could be experiencing um so that was sort of my takeaway of the, the rediscovering of mystery which is a great video i recommend you go watch but uh, i sort of look at it from a different point of view that of experience what's out there from frog fractions to call of duty to friggin' uh, Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Throw that in there for some reason. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie bit me. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is fucking insane and should be locked up to prevent harm to others as well as himself, Larry's TV and audio. You can guess what his prices are like. Alright, so, um, Zelda Breath of the Wild coverage is my first note here, such as it is. Uh, let me give you some behind-the-scenes action. Uh, my notes, such as they are, are basically the description of the episode, so I don't really have much in the way of notes. If you read the description of this episode, that is what my notes look like, with the exception of the sponsor. Uh, you know, just so you know. Behind the scenes. Action. That is. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild coverage from uh, uh, Victor Lucas to EB Games to PewDiePie to every goddamn where I look. Someone's covering Zelda Breath of... <gasps> excuse me. Breath of the Wild. Now, why would I say that angrily? Because 
this game seemingly is one of the best video games ever made, sort of, period, full stop. Uh, why should that bother me? Because I don't want to have to buy a Nintendo Switch. I don't have money to do that. I've moved away from the consoles a fair amount onto PC. In fact, if you listen to last episode, you will know I just upgraded my PC. Uh, so the odds of me playing this are slim. Uh, I don't know how I would afford a Switch or just, well, you know, like I could technically buy one, but I don't know how I would justify spending all of that to play this game, which, uh, I did with the GameCube, but then that was a couple years after it came out. Okay, so my sort of GameCube experience was, uh, I knew a guy who had one, or no, no, that's not right. Uh, I, I bought one a couple years after it came out, I think from EB Games. Uh, and then I borrowed Zelda from a friend, uh, played it, beat it, and then sold the GameCube back to EB Games after losing, you know, a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of don't want to do that again because look at me now. I still regret doing that with a friggin' GameCube. Uh, what I need is for a friend to buy this and either let me come over and watch them play or let me borrow their Switch for the hundreds of hours it would take to seemingly beat this amazing looking game. Uh, the itch I have to play this game is so large. It's hard to describe and therefore I won't. Uh, the only thing, the sort of saving grace of all the coverage I've seen is a lot of people agree that this game is not easy. Uh, in fact, it is difficult and uh, regular listeners may know that difficult games I sort of shy away from because I don't like them so much. Okay, uh, moving on to uh, Philip DeFranco takes a break, an internet burnout. Oh yeah, um, Philip DeFranco spoken of highly on this podcast quite a number of times, I do believe, um, has decided to take, uh, like, I think it's just like a week off, maybe two weeks off, I guess we'll see, uh, from creating things on the internet. Uh, so I thought it was interesting and he sort of phrased it around how he just felt burnout. Things in his personal life and his business life had, uh, gave him the sort of realization that if I make this video today, I'm doing it not because I want to, but but because I feel like I have to. Um, so that's a thing that I greatly respect and wanted to mention here. Um, maybe that was why I took those two weeks off. Uh, from your perspective, there was no weeks off, just because I was so far ahead. But uh, I think it's a good idea from an anything, an anything you do in life, period, full stop. Every once in a while, it's probably a good idea to take a break from doing it. Uh, Nerd Poker Re-Listen. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I've reached the point in my Nerd poker Re-Listening from the very beginning where Blaine has taken over for Sark, uh, as far as DMing duties. And, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings. Uh, I love Blaine. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Just period. has made me laugh like a maniac uncountable times. But, him DMing means that he's focusing more on the game and less on the ha-has. So, I think the potential 
is there for while he's DMing for there to be less of the jokes and more of the, uh, well, just less of the jokes. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, as I sort of think of the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, uh, uh, like I, I, I go for, oh geez, what's a good percent? Uh, like I'm there for both the story and the, and the Dungeons and Dragons and that, uh, and, and then also there for the entertainment value of people, you know, saying funny things, making jokes, having fun. Uh, what's the ratio though? Like if it was just 100% Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I've listened to podcasts like that and I stopped because it wasn't interesting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think, and, and this is supposedly coming back, Nerd Poker. So I hope when it does that uh, the original DM Sark continues to DM in its new incarnation, and Blaine is there playing and joking around and being the funny guy instead of running it. Is is my hope. Uh, okay, last but not least, we've got Air Anna Ferris is unqualified with guest Joe McHale. <laughs> yeah, this, this was a good one. Uh, Joe McHale, just a super, super funny dude. Uh, <laughs> they were good w with one another. Like a, a few times I remember thinking that uh, quite often guests on Anna Ferris's podcast, it's not like she would railroad them necessarily, but quite often the podcast goes where she'll do what she wants to do and people will sort of come along for the ride. Uh, whereas... And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That should, uh, the, maybe even that should be what happens on your podcast. It happens how you want it, and people are there to assist the happening of it. Whereas with Joe McHale, it, it quite often felt like uh, he will not be railroaded. He's going to do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants it, to great comedic effect. Uh, he's very, very good at that sort of uh, fake anger uh, yeah, I, I guess that's how you could could describe Joe McHale. Fake angry to comedicness. Fake angry to comedicness. Folks, you know what it is. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best 
Live long and prosper.